0: We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that! You don't got time for that! All right? Let's go!
1: Crank it! Crank it, Glenn Cross! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
2: Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer on another edition of RCST Today. And uh, we're going to be joined by Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, in about 35 minutes from right now. We've got a KU mailbag. If you want to get in any last-minute questions, you can hit me up at G- D Johnson Radio on Twitter or at RCST1320. We've got our college football season betting preview. Florida Man Mad Libs later in the show, uh, as I'm going to be taking off a little early. I'll be out tonight. We have our, our start of basically our, our sports seasons. Um, I have high school sports weekly. I'm going to be out at Burgers by Biggs. You can stop by. Get a great burger, get a malt, whatever you want. We're going to have the Eudora High School football team, at least some of their captains out there. Then, after that, that's going to lead into coverage of the Lawrence High football game, their season opener, as they're hosting Olathe South. You can hear it here on KLWN, klwn klwn.com. And there is a a video version, which live streams our audio with 810 Varsity. Um, So plenty of stuff coming at you today. Uh, Leading off, though, right here, I guess the Cleveland Cavaliers just just hate Jayhawks. They draft Andrew <laughs> Wiggins first. They trade him away. They draft Baji in the first round. They trade him away. He is uh, on the move. Donovan Mitchell is now a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is, from the NBA perspective, the bigger side of the deal because that's like you know multi-time All-Star and stuff. But from our neck of the woods, Ochagbaje will now be on the Utah Jazz, which, on one hand, not great because that's a team that's kind of tanking and stripping down their roster, and they probably won't be very good. On the other hand, he'll be on the same team as Udoka Azabuki, and if they are bad, more playing time for a young guy.
3: Yeah, uh, obviously going to Utah, probably not the greatest thing in the world for the time being because of what you said, but Doke is there, and also Christian Brown in the same division yeah. with, uh, with the Nuggets. They're going to so play gonna each see... other, I think it's what, six times that yeah, you play so your division teams? They're going to see each other quite a bit, which is, which is exciting. Uh, so there'll be games where you're going to have Jayhawks on both sides. So... But I, this was something that I think most NBA fans probably saw coming with Donovan Mitchell clearly not being super happy with the what was going on in Utah. So it is interesting to see him go to the Cavaliers, who now suddenly are a very interesting team. And Oach, as you said, is going to have a chance to maybe prove himself in Utah. Maybe get a chance to, to see a lot more action uh, in Utah as well. Obviously, Doke, they still have Rudy Gobert, so Doke will be probably still behind him for the most part. But... But still, it is it is fun, it is interesting, and it's always nice. Obviously, there's so many Jayhawks in the NBA nowadays that it's it's nice to see guys get reunited or see guys that are going to get to play each other like with uh, Christian Brown and, and being on the Nuggets. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't really know. Would you call this exciting news? Um, I would call it news. News. <laughs> news. <laughs> I mean, it's something. It's of really note,
2: right? We might do a whole segment on it if this was in, like, July and there wasn't anything coming out. Uh, but fortunately, there's KU football tomorrow. And furthering to get you ready, we've kind of teased at the idea of how many wins we think KU will have or we've point-blank set it in some cases or what games they think they could have the best uh, scenario to win, all that stuff. Let's put our money where our mouth is. Or, or not really. Oh, boy. Um, let's pick the schedule. Let's go through it. We haven't done that. Okay. Or day before, let's go. All right. So first up this week, Tennessee Tech at home, seven o'clock. Pregame starts at five thirty here on KLWN. You taking Tennessee Tech? You're gonna th- do it? I'm taking Kansas. Okay.
3: <laughs> taking I do. I'm taking Kansas.
2: Should we, we, do, we do
3: like like scores too. Sure, we can do scores. Kay. Give me a score. Thirty to
2: ten. So you don't have them covering. I had to do some quick math in my head there. No. No, I don't. I'll go 35-14. I, too, do not have them covering, but both of us having them win by a sizable margin where it's not, like, too close of a game. Yep. Okay, so both of us have them 1-0. Yep. Week two at West Virginia on a Saturday, 5 o'clock.
3: Do I have to go first? I guess.
2: Oh. Well, I didn't really want to go first. (laughs) All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say Loss. I do think it'll be a kind of a close game. The The spread, the early line on this is around 12 points. We'll see what happens tonight with the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game. That'll be a good indicator because Pittsburgh is like a borderline top 25 team, and they went to the, uh, I don't even know, Chick-fil-A people Bowl, right? are they in
3: the top 25 preseason? I think they are, yeah, yeah. yeah I think they're like 17 or 21 okay. or something.
2: Yeah, they had a great season, won the ACC. Really good defense back, but they lose Kenny Pickett. They did add Keaton Slovis transfer from USC. They lost Jordan Addison, who was like one of the best receivers in the country last year. Um so they'll be kind of interesting. Like that'll be a good barometer. If West Virginia beats them on the road, nonetheless, that would make you feel not so great about the Kansas game at West Virginia next week. But if West Virginia goes out there and they lose by twenty one points, might make you feel a little better. That said, I'm gonna pick West Virginia to win right now, but I do think Kansas could keep it within that projected spread at the moment. I'll take West Virginia in that one, like thirty-one to twenty.
3: Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna have to go with West Virginia also, just because it's a road game. And I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I want to pick KU. <laughs> I want to pick KU, but I think West Virginia will probably get this game. I'll I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty-four seventeen. I think it's gonna be a close game. Like kind of like what you were thinking, but you have West Virginia. I'm gonna pick West Virginia. As okay, so we we're both, one and one. Yeah, we're one we both one. have
2: them at one and one. Next week they're at Houston. It is a three o'clock game. I don't know why I'm giving the times as if that matters to the like. <laughs> oh, KU, if they play at five, they're gonna they're gonna dominate now. No. Um. Well, the
3: the bad news is they only have the times announced for the first three games.
2: Yeah, usually once we get to a certain point, it's like a rolling schedule where they start announcing it on like the Monday, not that week of, but the week before the next one. Which I don't like. Just give all the times for the damn game. Yeah, I don't,
3: I don't, I don't understand the the secrecy of uh. not giving times either. Doesn't make any sense to me either. Because
2: like the the TV networks basically do like a draft and they pick what time slots they want. Everything I get it to a certain standpoint because it's like you do want to preserve if there's surprise teams or teams that end up being better than you think that you want those in primetime yeah, like, slots. But yeah, like like when can we do was, a little
3: further ahead? Like when Ku seven and one against Oklahoma State put that game on <laughs> on ABC. Okay, so
2: you're picking them to be Houston then. <laughs> <laughs> Will Kansas host college game day this year? That's what the people ah. are asking.
3: Well, uh, they got, listen, they got Oklahoma State and they got Texas at home. Those are two college game Dayable games. Mm-hmm. College, college game day <laughs> Or, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I
2: don't think they'll beat Houston. Um, this feels like a game similar to Coastal last year, where I could see KU, like, hanging in there, and then maybe they just, Houston just pulls away at the end. So, I would in that game, I'll take Houston-
3: 41-21. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to have to pick Houston as well. I'm going to say 38-17. to
2: Okay, so we both have one and two. Yep. Let's see if we can start getting some differences here. Home against Duke.
3: I'm, I'm picking Kansas here. Got to pick him Got to pick Kansas here.
2: It's very scary if you don't. If you don't pick Kansas to beat Duke, you're... Yeah, you're saying 1-11, I think. Yeah, or best case scenario, you just hope they win one of the Big 12 games and they finish the same as last year.
3: I'm, I'm picking KU. I'm going to say 31-27. to
2: Yeah, this. I think Kansas wins this one. Would it be crazy for this game to be kind of like the Rutgers one in 2018? They just destroy them. They just destroy them, and Rutgers is just terrible that year. Like, that could be the case for Duke. It was a team that wasn't very good the last two years, but they at least had some interesting pieces on last year's team. The team two years ago was was really, really bad. Um, that team was like minus 20 in turnovers. But the team last year, like the quarterback, the Gunner, I want to say Hoagland. No, Gunner Hoagland's a first-round MLB draft pick. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Gunner Henderson? Does that sound? no, That's, no, that's, uh, that's another that's, MLB that's prospect. I don't know. If you're named Gunner, you're Holcomb? in the MLB apparently. Gunner Holcomb? I, Gunner something. Whatever the quarterback's name was <laughs> last year, he was like fine. Where do you rank Gunner as a quarterback <laughs> name? That's got to be pretty that's high. That's a right? great name. Yeah, that's got to be pretty high. Great name. Yeah. Um, they had that good receiver, like Jake Bobo, I want to say. Um, those two guys are both gone. I think they're both transferred away out of the program. And they're bringing in a coach who, like the previous coach with David Cutcliffe, was an offensive guy. The coach they're bringing in was the the former DC from Texas A&M, and it's kind of interesting because I believe Mike Elko, he was uh, at least to a slight extent rumored as one of the people interviewing for the KU job, and it seemed like it would come down to like Leipold and uh, Jeff Munkin in the end, but we heard other names of, of guys in there like Skip Holtz, and Mike Elko as well. He's now the head coach there, so that'll actually be very interesting from like a barometer perspective. But yeah, I, I just don't think Duke is very good. I, I could see this being a game where KU just, just, just beats them. them down. So I'm going to take KU in that one. Actually, this is going to be the most optimistic I'm going to be along the way here. Okay. 45-17. How about that?
3: That would, that would be really nice.
2: Yeah, it would. be <laughs> really good. Okay, so uh, we both have them at 2-2. Two and two. Yep. Now we're back into Big 12 play at home on October 1st against Iowa State.
3: I am picking Kansas for this game. I think here's what I think. The Duke game is going to spark them a little bit. They're going to, they're going to, and they have a, they have a three game home stretch, three consecutive home games. Duke, Iowa State, TCU. Taking Kansas against Iowa State. I'm going to say for the score, Hmm. 28-21. Kansas, three and two, over 500.
2: See, okay, I can't get out of my head what happened last year, and I know that doesn't matter. It's it's very different teams and everything. Um, I do think Iowa State is going to be better than, than people expect this year over under win total six and a half, which I get. They were a seven-win team last year, and they lost like everyone, so how could they be better, right? I think last year, though, things got a little stale for them. I think as much as Brock Purdy helped solidify that position – He was one of those guys that kind of like peaked early and then it never really like progressed from where he was as a freshman or sophomore, even though he kept having high expectations. I think the new quarterback, the Hunter Deckers kid, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up similar, if not better numbers than Brock Purdy. And I think Iowa State's going to be a seven or eight win team this year. You're playing them in October. This is when like Matt Campbell goes off every year. Like, seriously, no, like, until last year, like, he had not, like, lost a game in October or something in his time with Iowa State. Like, okay, it's incredible. Here,
3: here's the deal with Matt Campbell. You just said it yourself. Iowa State had their best team in program history ever mm-hmm. with Matt Campbell, and he only mustered seven wins.
2: Seven. I mean, I get what you're saying, but that's still a lot more than Kansas.
3: Okay, but the, KU's, that, when KU had their, their best team in program history, they won the Orange Bowl. So so I, their best okay, so team. Their most talented team program history got them seven yeah. win.
2: No, I I get what you're saying, but under I, Matt Campbell. I think this is the discourse here with with Iowa State. It turns into if anybody ever wants to compliment Iowa State, or if anybody ever wants to be like, hey, I think they could be pretty good this year. It's like, oh, but Matt Campbell's a fraud. He's over it. <laughs> it's like, it's like nobody asked. I I didn't. I don't care. I I don't care. Um. So yeah, I think Iowa State <laughs> wins that game. I'll take uh, Iowa State thirty-one to thirteen. Um, okay, next one is TCU at home on October eighth. I'm picking Kansas
3: again. Oh, I'm picking Kansas again. So you, have I told four you, four
2: and two. They're gonna beat Duke,
3: point. and that's they're gonna ride that for their next two home games against Iowa State and TCU. Kansas again against TCU. Twenty-seven. Hold on, I'm, I'm entering the future. Twenty-seven to twenty-three.
2: This is the toughest one for me. I do have Kansas. Man, if I don't pick this one, who am I going to pick? Yeah, I guess I'll pick KU to beat TCU. October 8th, I'll take kind of a, a low margin of, of a game. I'll take. I'll go 34-31, 30, Kansas. Is that actually the exact score that TCU beat Kansas by last year? No, it's 31-28. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go 34-31, Kansas squeaks this one out. So I have them at 3-3. Three and three. You have them at four and two. I just think it'd be a higher scoring game because TCU is going to want to run that like air raid. That'll be a big game for the Kansas DBs. Okay, uh, October fifteenth, you're at Oklahoma. Yeah, I <sighs> I really want to. Pick I almost KU. beat last I really year. want to pick them again. Why not?
3: I, I think I'm going to have to pick Oklahoma though. Mm. I'm going to have to pick Oklahoma. In fact, I I actually I think in in my mind this this could be like a come down to earth game for KU. They won three in a row, two back to back conference games at home. And then they just go to Norman and Oklahoma kind of resets them a little bit. I'll say Oklahoma forty five to twenty.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Based on last year, too, where it's like, oh, we slept walk into that game, I feel like Oklahoma will very much have your attention this year. I will take Oklahoma fifty two to twenty one in that one. So, I have them at three and four. You have them at four and three at this point. Yep. At Baylor on October 22nd.
3: So, here, here's the bad news the two teams that KU has struggled with the most in the Big 12 are back to back here Baylor and Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I think it could be rough. I'm going Baylor. I'm going to say Baylor wins like 55 to 17.
2: Yeah, this has been the one where it's it's been really, really ugly here. Um, I'm trying to pull up the past games, but like the closest that Ku has gotten in some of these games is not so much. So you had the meeting last year is 45-7, year before 47-14, then 61-6, 26-7, 38-9, 49-7, 66-7, 60-14, 59-14, 41-14. Hey,
3: 26-7 though.
2: Yeah, there was that one in there. Okay, you couldn't do anything offensively and then Puka had like one long run and they they got a touchdown or something. <laughs> um yeah, Baylor's Baylor's going to win that game. I don't even know what the score. Uh 42 to 10, something like that. Okay, I have 3 and 5, you have 4 and 4. You get a bye week, then you get Oklahoma State at home on November 5th.
3: I think I again I Think I got to pick Oklahoma State. I just have to gotta to pick them.
2: There was the one matchup between the two where Tyreek Hill returned the touchdown, and that like won them the game. It was let's see, twenty fourteen. They won twenty seven twenty on that kick return touchdown. There was also uh,
3: twenty twelve. It was twenty to fourteen, but it could it'll be closer. I think I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take their beatdowns from Baylor and Oklahoma. They're gonna have bye week to reset, come back home against Oklahoma State. I think it's gonna be a closer game. I'll, but Oklahoma State's going to win. I'm going to say 38-28. Oklahoma State wins. I'm going to go
2: 41-17. Oklahoma State in that one. Okay, so I have three and six. You have four and five. Now you're going at Texas Tech in Lubbock this on is, November 12th.
3: This is the big one. This th- if KU's four and five. This is like the Super Bowl at Texas Tech. <laughs> Must win
2: because if you win, then you can taste bowl eligibility. Exactly. It's right there.
3: I, I'm I'm picking them. Why not? Okay. Why not? I'm picking them. All right. So
2: you have it at five and five.
3: I'm picking Texas or KU. Thirty-five to twenty-one.
2: See, the Texas Tech game is the one to me that I have like zero read on. KU has played Texas Tech close of late. You had the uh, the the win a couple years ago in Lawrence. I think that yep. was 2019. Yep. You had the near victory in 2020, even as, as bad as that team was, sixteen thirteen last year. Obviously, it was it was ugly at home on homecoming for that game. You also had the game. Um, down there. I don't know. There's been some like close... They got beat pretty badly last year, right? KU did, yeah. yeah. So, I don't really know what to do with this. You have a new coaching staff at Texas Tech. Um, I think KU keeps it close, but I'm not going to quite pick them to win. I'll take Texas Tech 28-21. Texas at home? Can they beat him again? <laughs> you yeah, have one away like, from I, whole eligibility. I feel like I'm...
3: Okay. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to Mr. BitHawk on Twitter because we were talking about him one one day, and we couldn't remember. I thought it was PixelHawk. No, it's BitHawk, but his at is PixelHawk. But his name is BitHawk, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, we were talking about him last week or whatever, and neither one of us could remember his name. And then he tweeted at us that we didn't know his name, so I felt bad. So now it's like seared into my brain. I know who this guy is now. And he has him going nine nine and three. I'm at five and five right now. I mean, why if I'm at five and five, why not go seven and five? I mean, I'm I'm already here. Why not?
2: Hey, we had Matt Llewellyn in earlier this week and he was he was showing me the path. He said yeah, this he's, is how we're he, getting to nine and three.
3: He signed a paper.
2: Yeah, I have it up in yeah. my office. Yeah. yeah. With he, the with he, how they're gonna get to nine and three.
3: So So I I don't know if I can pick Texas. Or I don't know if I can pick A to be Texas or not. Like, I don't know if I can do it. It's at home. I want to pick Ku so badly, but I think it'd be even better if Ku's five and six going to Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, only if they win to get the bowl game. Uh, yeah. Um, so I hate to say it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Texas.
2: I'm gonna take Texas as well. You know, I I just think they have so much talent: Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, Quinn Ewers, like that. There's a lot of talent there. The defense. There remains a lot to be seen there because they haven't been very good on that end, but you just keep bringing in these five five stars and four stars, and it's like eh, I think eventually they're going to be okay. Um, so I'll take Texas in that one. I think Kansas keeps it competitive ish. I'll I'll call that one at uh, thirty eight to twenty
3: four. Yeah, going into the last game, I was going to say thirty eight to twenty.
2: Okay, you have Kansas at five and six playing at Kansas State. I've been three and eight. I'm just not going to pick. Kansas State, it's the same thing as the Baylor. Kansas State, outside of the the Peyton Bender trying to throw it and just drops <laughs> the ball in whatever that was, 2019, 2018, 2018 something like that, yeah. um, this series has not been close. K-State has humbled KU pretty often, pretty frequently, and pretty easily to be quite honest, so I'm not going to take you in that matchup. So that's my final. I have him going 3-9. and nine. That would still be a representation of more wins than you had last year. It still hit the over for the Vegas over-under win totals. Are you taking them to go bowling? I have to. Okay. I have to. I mean, you don't have
0: to.
3: I do have to. And nobody's forcing you. <laughs> I'm taking them. I'm taking them. Why not? Because like you said, streaks are made to be broken. Mm-hmm. Or tough You know, stretches are made to be shattered with momentous victories. Right? I'm taking them. Why not? Who's, okay. gonna, who's gonna stop me? Who's gonna stop? Nobody's me? gonna stop you. Nobody. but I'm taking them. Okay. 20, well, let it be 20, known. Twenty-four, twenty-one. If it
2: happens, congrats, man. If it doesn't, I'm. I'll point back to it. I Wait, will. Are we going to the bowl game? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Hopefully, they go to like the Hawaii Bowl. And we get the company to send us out there. There you go. All right, we're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we've got some KU audio to share for you. Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, is going to join us in about 15 minutes. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, depending on it. <laughs> Joined now on a Thursday by the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, ahead of the action tomorrow night. You can obviously hear it right here on KLWN with pregame starting at 5.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. You can also hear it on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. So, Brian, when, when you take a look at this first matchup of the season – you know, obviously, it's a little different than other matchups where you might be spending a lot of time previewing the opponent. And in this one, it's, it's a lot more, it seems like self reflective. What is Kansas going to look like in this first game? So, what kind of piques your interest the most, or is maybe something you're most looking forward to seeing what it looks like on the field in a real game this season for the KU game tomorrow night?
1: Great question, and I think it's a pretty easy answer for me. With five running backs that legitimately, on any given day, could lead you if called upon to do so, I think Andy Kotelnik is going to get creative. They're going to go a lot more multiple with their sets and formations back there. And as the play-by-play guy, you know, it's going to be a challenge to see who's getting the ball when and where and how. Uh, are there two backs back there with Jalen Daniels and kind of a diamond formation, uh, one to his right, one to his left, and he's three yards behind him. Is it, uh, you know, what are the zone read options? Are they going to do some stretch zone with the rushing plays, but with two different backs, you don't know, is it going to go right or is it going to go left? I, I think there's a lot of unsolved mysteries, so to speak, on how they're going to deploy so many talented backs because, while they're not in the business of, of keeping everybody's mouths fed and everybody happy in terms of reps, They want to use these guys as much as they can and and at the start of the season, while everybody's healthy, uh, they're not going to bend over backwards to make sure every single guy gets a certain number of carries, but they will do, I think, as much as they can to keep fresh legs coming in while still riding the hot hand if a guy is is really getting going. But this is as deep of a running back room as I can remember going back 20 years, uh, all the way back to the Terry Allen era, And, and I'm really curious to see if Separation emerges between any of these guys if Devin Neal and Kai Thomas, the two former Kansas State players of the year, rise to the top, or if you know you see different sets where on a given package it's two backs out there and the next set of downs it's two different ones. But either way, what does that? Distribution look like, run versus pass? How are they getting them the ball in those instances? And then, you know, how much does that make JD, Jalen Daniels' job, Jalen Daniels' job uh, easier or, you know, more dynamic, a difficult guy to guard at that point if you really don't know where the ball is being pitched to or if he's going to throw a run himself? I I think that could open up a lot for Jalen. I'm curious to see what that looks like as well.
2: Yeah, when I look at Tennessee Tech, the The part of the matchup that is intriguing to me is with, you know, their ability to run the football offensively. They got a good running back defensively. They stopped the run really well. And those are both things that obviously we know Kansas should have the talent advantage in in a game like this. And and I don't mean to say this as if, oh, it's only a practice game. Because we've seen Kansas, you know, almost lose to South Dakota last year. We've seen them lose to other FCS teams. So I don't mean to say this from a standpoint of, like, overlooking the opponent. But it's almost like good practice to a certain standpoint to say that, yeah, we're going to be playing a a team who is, uh, or did show that they could be a good running defense a season ago, and that's something we want to be able to establish, so here's a good opportunity to get live game reps in that way in the same way that we know the rushing defense struggled last year for KU, and you're going to be able to get live game reps in a game like this against a team who has a really good running back.
1: Yeah, no, I think all that's certainly helpful in terms of determining where you're at and having a measuring stick out the gate, knowing what they do well. And yet it's also a bit of a challenge because they have a new OC and they have a great transfer quarterback and things aren't going to be exactly as they were a year ago in terms of forecasting uh, You know what the Golden Eagles will hit us with. But um, I, I happen to think this is one, guys, and, and, and maybe we're too confident at this point. Maybe maybe we're a little too braggadocious in what we think this Kansas team will be, but I don't think this is like a previous year where you're requiring a late fourth quarter drive to escape South Dakota, or you're seeing Kansas fall at the heels of of an FCS opponent. I I think we're that much better, quite frankly, and now it's time to go prove it. And I think this opponent is one that, that Kansas should have some pretty tangible size, speed, and power advantages against um, that hopefully are exploited tomorrow night. And again, not trying to set the stage for disappointment or over the optimism, you know, type takes here on a Thursday, but. There's excitement and buzz around this program for a real reason. I mean, this was a top 25 transfer portal class for a reason, and it's been added to since those rankings came out. Now 14 guys coming in, uh, you know, almost half of which could wind up starting for Kansas here in the first couple of weeks. And those that aren't starting are pushing guys within their position group that's making those starters even better. I mean, I think about linebacker in particular and you know, how much better – is Gavin Potter and Taiwan Berryhill because you got Craig Young and Lorenzo McCaskill coming in, pushing them, forcing them to be better each and every day, and obviously Rich Miller leads that group now, being named the team captain. But uh, but Young comes in, Gilliard's been nicked up, but he was a big time player for Central Florida before he transferred, and it's iron sharpening iron where that culture of competition that Lance Leipold said 16 months ago he was setting out to create, we're now seeing the fruits of those labors. And so um, maybe I'm too bullish, maybe I'm overly confident, but I feel like we are so much better and so much deeper at every single position group outside of receiver that I expect this to be a FBS, FCS, show them who big brother is and, 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 You know, lead this game wire to wire, win it emphatically going away, hopefully get your starting quarterback out of there halfway through the fourth, and feel good about where you're at heading up to Morgantown in week two. That's that's just kind of how I I see it, and we could be wrong, because you never know in week one of college football, especially when the competition has changed things schematically and brought in a new signal caller and all that, quarterback, it, it could look way different, and they could be way more potent, but my comments with you right now have more to do with how much improved I Think Kansas is as opposed to whatever the Golden Eagles will throw at us. I'm really drinking the Kool-Aid that this club has made significant strides in almost every single position group and whether you see those strides in the form of new faces making big plays or just new faces pushing the incumbents to be better than they were a year ago because now there's real competition I think both of those pay big dividends for Kansas and that's why you know I happen to think that this is a comfortable margin tomorrow night for KU and they go on to win this thing in a momentous kind of way that has the arrow pointed upward and the trajectory onward as, as we head into the next eleven weeks, where they're all major conference-caliber opponents, and, and outside of Duke, you may not be favored again. But that's that's where my confidence comes from as we talk about tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, Brian, I wanted to follow up on that and say, for the past couple years, it's kind of you had this sense in the preseason of KU on the upward trajectory, and maybe it hasn't always panned out quite that way. So, I guess from maybe more of a fan perspective. Is it what you were just talking about? Is that the thing that makes you feel like this is going to be different? That, yes, that that forward momentum from the preseason is going to carry into the season and, and even beyond Tennessee Tech for the rest of the season?
1: Well, everybody's always optimistic this time of year, and any sportscaster, sports writer, or sports personality can, can hang his hat on something as to why he thinks this is going to be a better year, and this is the year where we're on the climb. The difference is, I mean, there's actual tangible proof of it here. I mean, how much better was Kansas in the second half of last season once this coaching staff was, was kind of playing catch-up, having not had any spring football to implement schematically or culture-wise what they wanted to do here finally by mid-season they were catching up on on the entire spring they missed out on and it's no coincidence that that's when we played our best football i mean nearly beat oklahoma everybody talks about the win in austin but we nearly knocked off the sooners here in lawrence and same could be said with the tcu game the west virginia game there were so many examples of, of the, the green light kind of coming on for these players you know, the, the messaging was starting to click, and, and momentum was starting to be built. And not coincidentally, you also had a quarterback uh, catch fire down the stretch. That, that When you've got that position hitting on all cylinders, it's amazing how other things fall in line with it. So, so that was all going on at the end of last season, Nick. And then you go out and you bolster the roster in the ways that I just described with an outstanding recruiting class of experienced, you know, Tried and true. They've hung their hat on the field, not just in four or five star rankings as high school players. These are guys that have started D1, in many cases, major conference college football games. They're going to step in and help you ride away. You want numbers behind that? How about 107 FBS? starts were added to this roster. Only 12 FBS starts went out the door. Lance Leipold didn't lose anybody in the two deep to anything but graduation. There were some three deep guys that they lost that totaled 12 total career starts, but they added 107 career starts coming in. And that doesn't even include Dominic Cooney, who was playing at Central Missouri and now is going to be your left guard that that every person to a man has talked about so favorably in terms of the the immediate contributions he's made since coming over but you you look at some of these other guys that bring in tried and true experience and in in the case of of some of the defensive contributors contributors I should say like Lonnie Phelps sure that was the Mac at Miami of Ohio but he was back-to-back all Mac in the last two seasons third team in 2020 Second team last year. Lorenzo McCaskill was a beast at Louisiana. He had 84 tackles for him. He was second team all Sun Belt a year ago. And this is a guy who's coming in as a fifth-year player. In the case of Lonnie Phelps, redshirt junior, four years removed. These aren't kids we're going to have to wait on uh, you know, because they're 18 years old or, or J.C. guys that we're not sure how they're going to make that leap. They've been all-conference caliber guys at division one programs and then you have major conference additions like Craig Young from Ohio State. You go to that secondary where you added experience from both. Uh, Purdue and Michigan State. When you look at Marvin Grant, who started 13 games a year ago for the Boilermakers, uh, Kellen Gervin's a guy that's going to step in and, and compete to start at cornerback. Who was in the mix all last season at, at Michigan State did a lot of nice things. Uh, nine, nine starts in his time there, 23 total games played over the last three plus years up there in East Lansing, and so that's what has me excited. What we were doing with the current roster at the end of last year that left alone was enough to think that the arrow was moving upward. But then the addition of, of 21, 22, and 23-year-old kids that have played it at a high level that are now making us even better heading into the future. You take those two factors and add in You A full additional offseason now for the first offseason, a full spring with this staff, with the culture points that Matt Gildersleeve is bringing to the mix. He's so much more than a director of sports performance. This is a guy that's doing leadership training that's that's really setting the tone for what Coach Leipold and the rest of his assistants expect from these guys in terms of individual buy-in and leadership. You've got a full offseason of that now. So add all these things up, and tell me you don't feel better than how we felt 12 months ago when Leipold had been on campus for three and a half months, and and yeah, you know, practice looked different and it was more organized, and we had a couple new faces we were excited about. But 12 months later, now you got real on the field tangible proof of progress you can point to from october and november last year now you got 14 new faces added in in the portal class that was ranked 21st in the country now you got a full year of that messaging and that culture cultivation that i think has to pay dividends so you're right nick there's a lot of reasons every single august you hear talking heads say there's reasons to be hopeful but i think these reasons that i just spelled out for you are a little bit different than what you'd have in a typical year, and that's why maybe my confidence level is even higher than you've heard of previous years.
2: Well, Brian, I uh, I have a new little, uh, I guess, bit segment or something that, that I want to do with you here, and maybe I should have prepared you for this, but it's called Name of the Week. So whether it's a KU player or a player name on the opposition that week, I, I would love it if you could pick out what what player or a name that pops off the page that you've maybe had to look, put a little extra uh, work into into what the proper pronunciation and, and making sure you get it right on, on game time
0: tomorrow?
1: They got a few uh, on, on these uh, Golden Eagles offensive and defensive charts. Uh, in nothing that you know was seventeen syllables long like we had a few years ago with a New Mexico State basketball player, but. Uh, Thankfully, the toughest ones aren't going to be names that you would say on a regular basis. Like they've got a backup left tackle, David Ogenicaro. Ogenicaro. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing much play-by-play of the backup left tackle, so that one's okay. They got a return man, Quavell Thornton. I've never seen the name Quavell before this year. Uh, they also have a return man Jiren Gilmore. I don't see many Jirens, but uh but yeah, it, this one's pretty easy. I think it'll get tougher as we get deeper into the season, but that's one thing we always take pride in is making sure we get those pronunciations. Not just to where we know how to say them when we're reading them, but when you can say them quickly in in the heat of the moment, when it's got to fly off your tongue, you know, just as the action is unfolding. And thankfully, I don't think this is going to be the toughest week, but I'll look forward to that segment on future weeks. And I'll take uh, special care and, and, uh, Pulling up some some really good names when we get them. I just think we're getting off a little bit easier here in week one. Spencer Stakra is mm. the right tackle, and it doesn't look like that at all. It looks like Stachira, uh, but it's Stakra. Uh, we, we do have a Bigelow. You'd love that because I, yeah. I know Nick Springer a big fan of Deuce Bigelow. Uh, you know we we can we can talk special teams and talk about Nicholas Bigelow. Um, I don't think they call him Deuce because he wears number forty one, but. Past that, this is a pretty easy easy team to cover, no doubt.
2: Yeah, he definitely could have got some NIL deals, although probably not the ones that he would have wanted if he uh, wore the number two there. Um, <laughs> do you have any uh, early reads on, you know, I don't know, I feel like with nicknames they have to kind of come organically, right? Like with Puka, it became the bazooka. I, I think, I don't know if that was DL who kind of started that or, or that who. Oh DL. Okay, do, yeah. you, do you have any early reads on, on any nicknames that we, we could be having
1: for any of the players? Man, that's a, that's a great question. We, we, uh, the day we met Doug Emillion, I asked him if it was okay to call him the Million Dollar Man. Uh, because when you look at his name, I think a lot of people thought it was Emillion, mm-hmm. or rather, Million uh, but it's actually E-Million, like, like the number million. And, and he said, oh, yeah, I love that. Let's do that. So if he <laughs> lives up to that and he's not looking like the $20 man, then, uh, then yeah, maybe we'll give him the E-Million-dollar man uh, name. Of course, we've been saying Grim Reaper ever since Luke Grimm got here. The mighty Casey after the big catch of Jerry Casey down in Austin. That's a, that's a steal from Casey at the bat. But uh, beyond that, I think they kind of have to, Rise up in the moment because the play and the reputation of the player on the field has to justify the name. It can't just be a play on words with their name, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think we'll see that emerge here in the, in the coming weeks here. By the time we head into October, we we'll probably have a few new ones on the tips of our tongues. Like Lonnie Phelps, for example, there's nothing easy to do with the name Lonnie Phelps, but he's going to be an absolute beast around the edge. And so we need to work on, you know, what, what Manifests from what I expect to be a, a pretty dominating, you know, season here for him as a redshirt junior at Kansas, and he just looks the part so much different than some of the previous Russians we've had in, in earlier years. So there's got to be something there with Lonnie Phelps, but I haven't figure on it just yet what it's going to be.
2: Well, I mean, you have the last name Phelps. If he does a swim move to get past the tackle, I mean, you have it written right there.
1: There you go. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. No no doubt. That's really good. Well um so yeah, we we we've got some good ones we can kick around. Eric Gilliard, once he gets healthy, I think he's gonna be nickname worthy, but he's been dinged up in the preseason, so we'll see. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely like uh, the options to choose from, no doubt. And we'll and deal Devin Neal back for, for year two and try to prove he's still the real deal. We need something for Kai Thomas and and uh, Mr. Hyshaw, so let me know if you have any suggestions there. All
2: right, well, we'll, th- we'll think some through. We'll put the brain trust to it. But, Brian, <laughs> I know it'll be a great call, as always, man, on Friday. Looking forward to hearing you here on the airwaves, and uh, thanks for hopping on today.
1: Thanks a lot. Keep close tabs on number 41, Nicholas Bigelow. There's your name of
2: the (laughs) week, buddy. All right, thanks again, man. See you, pal. That was Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Again, you can hear that game tomorrow right here on KLWN, as well as 105.9 KISS. The Crimson Blue Show starts here on KLWN at 5.30 tomorrow. We're going to have our live show from Big Mill from 4.30 to 5.30. We have KU football tickets to give away. We have NASCAR tickets to give away. We have some other goodies to give away as well. So, swing on by. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll be back after this. Four o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering? Venue 1235 has you covered. Located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Venue 1235. Some breaking news from today. Pete Thamel just moments ago. Kansas has extended football coach Lance Leipold by one year. It'll extend his contract through the 2027 season. And he'll make $3.5 million in the final year of that deal a good
3: thing yeah I think it shows the the commitment of both Lance Leipold and also KU to what he's done for this program so far and I thought it was interesting introduced that foundation for GAs the scholarship for for GAs uh, earlier this week and it was and somebody asked about it during the press conference and I do think it's a good point is for a coach to do that after only having been in a program for one year that that definitely says something I think about his commitment and also the program's commitment both to each other right so that was pretty telling and I think this is this kind of just further cements that, and yeah, it's it's, it's definitely exciting. One year, three and a half million in 2027 is how much he'll make in that year, I think, with the extension. So seems like uh, it's all around a win-win for everybody involved. All right. That being said, we do have a Ku mailbag to
2: get to here. No questions about that. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. The first one, first ones. We actually have multiple questions submitted from Ryan S. The first of which. Giving us some prop bets for the first game of the season tomorrow night. Over under three and a half Tory Lachlan touches. Under.
3: I'll take I mean, the over. I understand that the flaw, the reasoning behind taking the over, which is maybe why you're taking it, is if KU gets out to a big lead, what? You figure those uh, other guys are going to get. Remember
2: game. the trivia question I asked yesterday? Who had the most <laughs> rushing
3: attempts in that game? It
2: was Denzel Evans. I was convinced, nine of them.
3: I was convinced it was Montel Koz, but it wasn't. <laughs>
2: That yeah. makes me feel better about the over.
3: Yeah, so, I mean... One I, catch, three carries? I'm still going to take the under, but I, under, I understand why the over is tempting.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going the over there. I, I do think that they're going to get a lot of them. But it is tough because what if the backup running back... That's
3: 17 running backs in front of them.
2: That's, yeah, exactly. What if what if the running back is getting all the fourth-quarter carries? <laughs> is Savion Morrison instead of Tori Lachlan. But I will take the over, not by a ton, but I... I I'll take the over over under one turnover by the KU offense.
3: I'm going to go over here because I, you know, it's first game of the season. You got Andy Kolnicki looking to work in some different stuff. I think there's going to be maybe some different stuff. And I think, I think we're going to see a couple turnovers from KU, but I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be self-inflicted though. I don't think it's anything Tennessee tech's going to do. I think, I think it's just going to be the nature of your first game of the season. There's going to be a couple blunders probably. So I'm going to go over. I would be tempted to take push,
2: but if I can't do that, I will take the over. I think that's more likely. I, we saw Jalen Daniels throw three picks in the three games, basically, that he played last year. That'd be one a game, right? And then if you have a, a fumble or, like you said, first game of the season, something weird happens.
3: Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine they're trying to run like some RPOs or some mm-hmm. option stuff. And drop fumble. a ball. Yeah, something like that. So I, I think it's possible that you could see two turnovers. Over under one and
2: a half Jared Casey swag moments. I have an important question. Okay.
3: <laughs> How are we
2: defining swag moments? Uh, You know when you see what's, it. What's your definition? So, like, obviously the Texas two-point conversion is a swag moment. I mean, okay. it wasn't yeah. anything like. Like, it doesn't have to be a play where he's, like, high-stepping to the end zone or something like that. I, I would say <laughs> that the, uh, remember the one-handed catch he had against TCU? Yeah. That's a swag moment. No,
3: I, I, yeah, I Didn't he have
2: to be actually, like, two one-handed catches in that game? Like, he had one on, like, a little out route and then. I could have sworn he had another on like a touchdown
3: or something. I don't okay, know. So we're so, it's we're operating off of the almost you know it when you see it basis, mm-hmm. basically. Even if that's the premise of the the definition of swag moments, I'm taking the over. Why not? Hmm. This this is this is that bet that you're like, you know what? Over. Why not?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like you can you can kind of twist it whichever way you want. Like if Jared Casey comes in there and he just pancake blocks that's a someone. Swag moment. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely a swag moment. So I I think I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll take over. I mean, just by him being there is a swag moment, honestly. <laughs> so he starts out with one.
3: Then you only need a half. Yeah. Of a, then you only need a half of a swag. <laughs>
2: yeah, he moment. just begins with one <laughs> to start with. Uh, over under seven players with a reception.
3: I think going back to what we discussed with Tory Lachlan, we're going to see a lot of different guys. I'm going over here. I'm going over now. The counterpoint to this though is you're now two receivers less than what you would have been, you know, a week ago. Yeah. So. You have a lot of tight ends and running backs. two less guys that could catch the ball. But you do still have a lot of running backs, a lot of tight ends. And, again, the general sense I'm getting is we're going to see the running backs utilized in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. So I think we could definitely see those guys all getting catches. So I think the over, this one I actually probably feel the most confident about out of any of them in the over, so I'm, I'm taking over on that one.
2: I agree. It was six last year. And that team threw for 163 yards, didn't have a lot of long-sustaining drives, only scored 17 points. I think you look at it, the running backs, like, two or three of them could catch a pass. Two or three of the tight ends could catch a pass. And then three or four of the receivers could catch a pass. So I, I feel good about taking the over on that one. Last one, over-under .5 field storming
3: against an FCS team. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm i going to sit here and take the under, but I don't feel good about it. I, I mean, I mean... If, if, if it's a 55-6 to six type game for KU, are the fans getting on the field?
2: I mean, you say that. That was exactly what happened in the that, Rhode that's, Island that's game. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what
3: I'm saying. So they And they, they went on the field in that game. That, and that was kind of like
2: a, you could tell there were certain people that were like, I don't think we should storm the field here because that he, field storming was terrible.
3: But that's what I'm saying. Is there going to be enough people that are like, yeah, yeah. yeah let's get out there. And then, uh, then it just happens, you know?
2: Honestly, I don't. I don't. So I'm going to take the under.
3: Okay. Okay. We're past field storming against an FCS team, mm-hmm. we think.
2: Okay, this one also from Ryan. If you both, so myself and you, Nick, had to play on this year's KU football team and had to be a starter, what position would you play and how would your addition affect the season win total? I mean, zero?
3: So does this have to be like offense-defense? Because remember, we had that discussion oh. last week where I was going to be a long snapper. But does Yeah. That, does that count, you think, or does it have to be... Like well, okay. Okay. World. Yeah. So, for the answer for this, that that is
2: the smart one. It's being the long snap or being the holder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's the answer. That oh, we would I, would, have. I would be a great holder. Okay. I that, would never ever mess up the hold once. That would be the the one where we would have the least <laughs> impact negatively on the team. There's no way either one of us has a positive impact on the team, right? <laughs> we can agree to that. I, I, let's I go I mean, with offense y- or defense. I mean, though.
3: You're, you're a tall guy. You got good hands. Could you maybe get out there at receiver? And but help I'm out? not running a four-five <laughs> forty. Like I'm
2: not, and I'm gonna get a hit and drop the ball. It's it's not gonna <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We are both gonna be the worst players on the field, like bar none. Yeah. Like no. the walk, the walk on on Tennessee
3: Tech is going
2: to be able yeah. to run circles around us.
3: So I mean, well, and and again, listen. One of the reasons why I stopped playing football when I was younger is because. No matter what field I was on, I was always the smallest guy on the field, okay? And if there's one sport... But we also where, have not been practicing or playing football that's, for years. That's true. If there's one sport where you don't want to be the smallest person, <laughs> it's probably football. Yes. You don't want to be the smallest guy, okay? And that's me. Mm-hmm. So I think I would probably, I mean, I think I would say defensive back for me, maybe. Or I mean I, I mean I don't because listen I don't want to play running back because no. I would be dead I yeah, would not yeah. I would I would not be alive after like the first couple games mm-hmm. so I think if you put me at defensive back that that would be I guess the only position I could start I mean I don't know where else I could play
2: okay if you're just talking like individually can you survive the game no you could almost hear me out in the idea of one of us playing quarterback to where you just run an offense where you just hand the ball off and throw like screen passes. Okay. Like it's not going to be efficient. The offense is going to suck. I'm not tall enough. I, I know, but you're literally just going to be like handing the ball off. You know what I mean? Like, I the mean, offense I mean, is going to be so predictable. I, I mean, I could hand it off to Devin Neal 45 times. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I don't think, I, I think the answer here is that no matter what position, if either one of us is on the field, like, it, it ruins everything. Yes. Like, seriously, 100%. like, they go to a zero win team immediately. Okay. Because yep. no matter if, what position. If, if I'm playing defensive back, they just throw it every, at you, time. every time. I'm never going to tackle the guy. Or they, if you're a corner, they run an outside yep. run to that side, the receiver bowls or you over there's immediately. There's no way I can right? even
3: keep up with a go route,
2: probably. That's they what what I'm saying. past me every time. If I'm running, Linebacker or defensive line. Like they're going at me every single play and it's a positive success. You could, may-
3: you could maybe get away with tight end. I yeah, you I could. I, okay. I, I think I might be able if to you get away with tight end, end. I think it wouldn't be a disaster for KU. No, but
2: also it wouldn't be good. It would definitely, their win <laughs> total would go down from what it is. But that might be the answer for me. For you. I'm screwed, man. What if you went five, like slot receiver? Ten, what if you went slot receiver? I would die. Well, you you're you
3: going to make me run a slant route? They don't, don't have, the have to, to throw you the ball. Do
2: you, do you really think that Jalen Daniels is going to be like, I trust this guy to catch the ball and he's going to throw in your way? <laughs> I don't know. Are <laughs> you seriously want me running over the middle? No, I don't, but I don't know what the alternative is. That's a fun yeah, question. I don't think
3: you can put me on defense, actually. Because on defense, I would... No matter, either one of us, we,
2: we get targeted, think, either in the yeah, passing I think, I think game or running you, game. If
3: you put us on offense, at least, then we don't have to have the ball every
2: day. It's just like, I'll just try to cut block someone. Yeah. I'll do my best, I'll get injured, and then I'll be done. Um, okay, this one from Felix. Have you ever thought about an RCST tailgate and doing live trivia before games in person? Okay, I'm very intrigued by this,
3: because mm-hmm. think about how much that might change the trivia. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in a road hostile environment, whatever. <laughs> you got people yelling at you. Or whatever, or this, that, oh, yeah, or the Oh, yeah, like other. people in the back doing yeah. crowd noise. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you get rowdy. Like, I feel like that could completely change the total landscape of RCST trivia. Mm. If you have to, in person, look at your opponent in the eye and also have people heckling you while you're out there <laughs> trying to figure out, the, trying to figure out what, what's the answer to these questions... I think that would be a game-changer. A game-changer for RCS trivia. Because these guys, they're sitting in the comfort of their own homes answering questions, right? This, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. You, put them on, you put them on the road in a hostile environment, I don't know, some some of those guys might crack.
2: Yeah, I don't think I would want to do this as a replacement for it. Because we do have enough people who are like out of state who can't make it to stuff like this. Yeah. Um... But I would I would definitely be down to do something like this for uh, like we we have a live show tomorrow like a at mini Big tur- Mill like a mini tournament or something yeah exactly like do something before the games and we we just do prizes you know we just I, I don't know in like what way rap, rapid fire yeah that would be a lot of fun I don't know we have KU football tickets that we're gonna be giving away at Big Mill tomorrow maybe that's what I'll do you know in years past I've done just like first first person to show up gets them or we put them on the prize wheel and if you get lucky enough and you spin it you get them that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm not going to make you answer a really hard, so don't worry. I'll make you answer like a medium or a hard or something. Yeah. And I'm going to, if you want free KU football tickets tomorrow, all you got to do is come to Big Mill. I'm going to be there around 4.30, something like that. Or actually come a little before because I'll be on air at 4.30, around 4 o'clock. Come, answer a uh, trivia question that I have for you, and you'll get either a pair or a four-pack of tickets. So there's your go-to. But, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, so that's a good idea. Maybe we'll put a pin in that for later this year or next year. This one from Brett. Are both of KU's top two quarterbacks this year better than any KU quarterback, minus Carter Stanley, since Todd Racing? So if you took Jason basically this question boils down to, if you took Jason Bean, since he's the backup, would Jason Bean this year be the best quarterback KU's had besides Carter Stanley since Todd Racing?
3: I was thinking about this, and I think the answer is yes. hmm I mean, who else you got? You got Miles Kendrick. You got... Better than him. Jordan Webb. Better than him. You got Peyton Bender.
2: Better than him. I mean, Bender had the good touchdown-interception ratio, but it was just... Yeah. It wasn't really adding much. It was just I mean, letting playmakers go do stuff. Um, I don't even know who else
3: you have that would even be in the discussion. The
2: only other guy, and honestly, this to me, I think, is better than Jason Bean. Montel Cozart? No, I'd no. go Michael Cummings. Oh, Michael Cummings, yeah. Kozart had yeah. a ha, – it was kind of similar to Bean, but Bean's even faster than Kozart as a runner. Both were kind of dual-threat guys. Um, I think Bean has lower turnover numbers than Kozart too. Michael Cummings is the one. But you got him for so such a brief time with him as a starter that you never really got to see that fully play itself out. But, like, he was solid enough for KU. Yeah. He, it wasn't like yeah. a turnover machine. Um, he made big enough plays if you got guys around him, so – I, I honestly think like if you put um, a healthy Michael Cummings in place for Carter Stanley in that 2019 season, I think it's probably pretty comparable. I think both guys are pretty similar in that you know they're solid, they're not guys who have like five-star arm talent or anything like that, but they, they had enough to get it done if you had the right pieces around them and you supported the quarterback, which we've seen a lot of years, where well, that hasn't been the case for KU. But yeah, outside of that, you probably take Jason Bean, which that speaks to how yeah. well positioned you feel at quarterback, even if there is an injury, even if you do have to, for a play or two or something, go to another one of those guys, you feel like the the floor there is a lot higher than it has been in years past. And obviously you take Jason Bean this year over Jason Bean last year. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. this one is from John. If you had to assign the different KU logos to different sports as their primary, what would you do? So I basically, I believe what he's asking here is like, like football, basketball. Yeah, baseball, football can have the whatever. yeah exactly can have this logo. Basketball can have this logo. What would you go with? So there's there's seven different Ku logos. Now the last two are basically the same. So I don't know if you want to condense that into one. So let's do this. Let's let's pick a sport for uh, all seven of them that they can only be a part of.
3: Okay. I mean, I feel just, like you want to just like start with the 1912 logo and then pick. Yeah, up that works. Yeah, okay.
2: that works. Okay, so the 1912 logo is the. Um, He's got I don't the skinny legs. Know. Me and my wife call it sexy legs. Yeah, he's, he's um, got the long skinny legs and he's yeah. got one of his feet yep. kicked back. You know? I, that one to me feels very obvious. What do you think? I feel like it has to be volleyball because you look at the
3: 1912 oh, okay. Jayhawk,
2: it makes it feel like it's a really tall Jayhawk because yeah. of the long legs. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like a volleyball player.
3: No, I'm, starting bu- I'm buying into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm down for that.
2: So you can get on board with that? I think that would be cool as a primary logo for for one of the sports. So we'll yeah. do that for volleyball. Okay. Um. The, okay. The, I, the do you want to talk? I don't know.
3: The nineteen twenty-one. By far the ugliest. I right? think. It's been used by KU Baseball actually before. Like, I think they've worn throwbacks with, or they've had, like, baseball hats with this logo on it before.
2: You know what? That might actually be the one sport where this works. I don't know why. I have no reason why, because this is kind of an ugly logo, but then I start envisioning it on a hat, and I'm like, "Eh, yeah, that could work.
3: I I think they've done it before. I actually think they've done it before. So I think baseball makes the most sense for that one, because you're right. I think, and also, you know, in baseball, you see a lot of teams that have logos where, like, even the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Where it's like, you have the bird like kind of perched on mm-hmm. something, so it looks kind of, you know. So I think that's that a good fits. call. Yeah, I think that fits for baseball.
2: Okay, then the 1923 to 28 one is the. This is one I called either Dopey Hawk or like <laughs> Derpy Hawk, whatever. Um, it's just kind of like a. Why is his beak so large? I don't know.
3: It's just kind of like a, you know, a <laughs> little dope, a little, little dork. Okay, well that's, um, that's, you're not really selling it to any team, I guess, <laughs> by calling it that.
2: I don't know who to pick for this one. This is This is maybe the hardest one.
3: Let's see. Do
2: you want to skip that one and come back to it? Yeah, we can come back to it. All right, 1929 to 1940. This is an angry one. This isn't the Warhawk. It's
3: the pre-angry one. Mm -hmm. So I think... Hear me out here. I think this one should go to football. I just, in my mind, like,
2: the Warhawk just fits well with football.
3: Okay, the Warhawk is, like, objectively the best one, right? Out of all of them? Yeah, I mean, I I like the Warhawk, the 1912,
2: and the current one. Those are my three favorites.
3: Yeah, okay. But... In terms of logos for a sports team, I think we can agree the Warhawk one's the best one.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
3: I was looking at that one and saying, let's put that one on KU basketball. See, but I don't think I, we're I think on basketball
2: one. you want the classic, which is like the now. Okay, you think so? Yeah. See, that's how I feel. So the, Okay. I'm trying to think like <laughs> I mean, what's the, sport? The, I
3: think but listen, I also think you're having a little bit of bias here in the sense that you've seen the Warhawk on only KU football. You have not seen it anywhere else. So I, I think just, that might mm. be making you biased towards saying it would it looks good there because that's the one you've seen it on.
2: It's definitely fair. I I don't know. The problem is that I have no idea where to put this angry guy.
3: The 1929 to 1941? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why he goes on KU football. Because he's still angry. You still get the angry Warhawk style. But it's like kinda, you know, not quite the same. And then you take the Warhawk and you slap it on KU basketball. That's what I'm saying. That's my pick. Okay, I'm going to put the angry
2: one on cross-country because why would you want to run that far? You're just going to be mad about it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay, You're just mad that you're running. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I said I'm putting Warhawk on football. What would you put Warhawk on since you're doing the other one on football?
3: I would put Warhawk on basketball.
2: Oh, that's right. Um, Okay, and then you have the 1946 to 2005. I can just go on anything. Same with the current one. It's generic.
3: I mean... I don't know. What other sports do we have? We already named... Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, golf. golf. Uh, okay. I don't think we've
2: said soccer. Soccer. Um, right. Track. Rowing. I don't know. At that point, it's just... There's not one that fits either. Like, there's not like a Jayhawk that's like rowing a boat, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I think this is a good exercise to a certain extent, but there's also only so much you can do with it. Yeah. I think it's the the sum yeah. of there. But,
3: but listen, I'm telling you, man. This 1929-1941, the like... The, the less I guess less clean Warhawk mm-hmm. he's good enough that I think he would work on KU football mm-hmm. okay well that is our uh, KU mailbag
2: for the day, he's Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson we get to our college football season betting preview in about 15 minutes, this is RCST on KLWN, depending on <laughs> Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. DraftKings Sportsbook is in the Sunflower State, officially opening up today. And uh, I know a lot of people signed up using code KLWN to get your $100 in free bets, and one lucky customer going to win a $100,000 free bet. Um, a lot of people haven't had it go in their account yet. I, I think they're just kind of on backlog right now with a lot of stuff happening. I did uh, reach out to someone in customer support and um after reaching out to them they're like oh yeah we just you know we've been busy and we haven't got around to it so they gave me the money there i'm sure it'll come for for everyone else at at some point soon but um, i'm sure you can always reach out to support as well and uh yeah download the DraftKings sportsbook app now gambling problem getting help is your best bet Call 800-522-4700, 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer, $100 issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DKNG.co slash KS. So in that vein, we are going to do our college football season betting preview. What we have here, we're going to pick our favorite. It doesn't necessarily mean who we think is going to win the conference, but when you add in the odds it becomes more of a fun conversation about how much do you view who you think is going to win, maybe straight up, versus the value of the added odds in there. So We're going to pick the ACC winner, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, SEC. We're going to pick the AAC as well because it's It's kind of a tier above the other group of fives, but it's also still kind of a tier below some of the power fives. Uh, And then we're going to pick, you can pick whichever other group of five you want to pick a winner. We're going to pick the Heisman. We're going to have our playoff picks, and we're going to have our national championship winner as well. So let's start in the ACC. The ACC, the favorite is Clemson at minus 125. Everybody else is five to one or higher. Do you want to go with the favorite the most likely, or do you want to try to find some value there?
3: I'm going to go with North Carolina State because mm-hmm. they have a great quarterback coming back. Their odds are 650, which is still pretty good. And I, I, I think we had this discussion previously when we were doing our breakdown of different conferences. Like, Clemson, I mean, obviously they're kind of a cut above everybody else, but also they weren't very good last year offensively. There's still some questions. They lost Brent Venables. He's not their defensive coordinator anymore. I think there's some questions there, and they're maybe not as not, – on as sure of a ground as they've been in the past in terms of being just above everybody else. So I went for more value, North Carolina State at plus 650. I like that a lot, and there
2: is... Okay, it makes it a little tougher because they're in the same division as Clemson, but the counter to that is that they don't have to play Clemson in the ACC title game.
3: All they have to do is, if they get to the title game, they might get somebody much easier.
2: Right, so maybe even if you lose to Clemson if you get in a three-way tie and maybe you win the tiebreaker or if you do beat Clemson the regular season, you don't have to beat them twice. Yep. So that's that's super helpful. Um, I am going to go, I, I was tempted to take Miami at plus 550, um, but because Pittsburgh's odds are so much lower at plus 850, I think they're outside of Clemson going to have the best defense in the ACC. And then I think that they should have enough offensively. They should be a good running team. That they could be interesting to me if Clemson doesn't figure out their offense at all. I'll go with Pittsburgh at plus a fifty. I think there is some value in Miami, NC State, Pittsburgh, even North Carolina at sixteen to one as any of those teams to possibly win the conference. But I'll uh, settle on Pittsburgh there. How about in the AAC, the American Athletic Conference? Obviously, Cincinnati won it a season ago. Who do you like this year?
3: The way I decided to structure my picks was I picked a couple ones that I was like, okay, I'm really confident this is going to work, and then a couple just crazy ones for value. This is one of the ones where I just picked because I'm confident this is how it'll go, and I picked Cincinnati at plus two ten. They're the They're the favorites. I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that pick. I mean, I think that's pretty good odds. I don't. I mean, you got UCF, and after that, I don't even know who else. After that, I mean, yeah. Like, so, Cincy,
2: got, Houston, and UCF are by you, far the Houston. three favorites. Yeah, Houston, and then whatever. everybody else is a big drop off.
3: Yeah, so I just went with I just went with Cincinnati. I'm pretty, I feel pretty safe in that pick, and it was just one of those ones where I wanted to make sure I had a couple of picks that I was like, "This is, I'm pretty confident this is going to hit." This is one of them, so I went with Cincinnati. I'm kind of tempted
2: to just be like, "Let's put something on Navy at eighty to one," <laughs> because it's like, I, I I understand they haven't been as good the last couple of years, but the thing with Navy and, and all been the service like academies, pretty
3: bad though. Yeah, they have, they
2: have. But here's what, with the service academies. I don't know. It's 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 not as much to say as like, oh, we have to bring all these guys back. It's like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just different. Like, we see it all the time where like a, one of these service academies goes 3-9 and nine and then they go 9-3 and three the next year, right?
3: Hey, Air Force is their favorite in every one of their games.
2: Yeah. So, I am tempted just to do that. But no, what I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Central Florida. I really like that Central Florida team this season in another year under Gus Malzahn. I think Cincinnati lost too much from last year. They lose Desmond Ritter. They lose their running back, Jerome Ford. They lose... Uh, their top receiver with Alec Pierce—that's a lot to lose on offense. In addition to some other players, defensively you lose two stud corners, including a guy in Sauce Gardner, who was a top five pick in the NFL draft. You lose MyJ Sanders, who's a day two pick in the NFL. Like they lost so much to that team. I—I think they're going to be closer to a you know eight or nine win team. Like still a very good, very competitive team. But I kind of think Houston UCF is going to be the the title game. I don't know if it's uh, divisions or what, but. Those are, to me, the two best teams in the conference. I am going to go with UCF.
3: How about okay. the Big Twelve?
2: Big Twelve is kind of weird this year. So, who are you going with there? It's
3: kind of weird. I was looking at the odds and trying to decide what I wanted to do. I, I, I just couldn't sit here in good conscience and place real live actual dollars on K State to win the conference. I just, I just can't do it. I just, I am sorry. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. Am I? I just can't do it. So, even though they have great, even though K State has really good odds, I think. I decided to instead go with Baylor at plus six fifty. I I know that they lost a the starting quarterback, but Blake Shapen apparently is is still has a pretty good arm, and I I don't trust Oklahoma State. I don't trust Oklahoma. I don't trust Iowa State. I I think K State's a pretty good pick, but I'm not. I can't do it just because of who I am. Go on Baylor. I this guy just changed his pick, by the way. We, only, I haven't said it on air. You haven't said it on air, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the laptop here. You just changed your pick. Oh, you didn't have to open the curtain up. Hey, um, I'm just saying, the guy that was caping for Iowa State.
2: Well, they're just, my second pick. Picked picked I just off Iowa State.
3: To be clear, I was between
2: Oklahoma and Iowa State. <laughs> I typed up Iowa State before you know a couple hours earlier, and I was like, I like the the odds there. And I still do at 18 to one. Um but I kept going back and forth between, well, I think Oklahoma is going to win the league, but Iowa State just has way better odds. And so I'll probably waffle on that again. But Iowa State would be my favorite value bet here at 18 to 1. Oklahoma, I just think, I think Oklahoma could start a little slow and then finish like 9 and 3. If they get hot once they learn the system with Brent Venables. They have, I think, the best quarterback in the league with Dylan Gabriel. They still have like really good weapons around him. And if Brent Venables gets the defense fixed, like that's been the one thing that has haunted Oklahoma over the last handful of years, I'll take Oklahoma plus one hundred and ninety. I I just can't get on board with. Uh, this is to me, this is stupid, but it's like the say it out loud test. Is Baylor going to win back to back Big Twelve titles? It's Like Oklahoma State lost everyone. I don't know who else to pick. It's Just like almost a when, defaulted Oklahoma. <laughs>
3: when you say it that way, it's kind of it's kind of deflating, <laughs> right? It's like oh man, is, is that true? Okay, Big Ten. Ohio
2: State is the is a bigger favorite in the Big Ten than any other team in any other Power 5 conference. Actually, I think in the, in any other conference, period. I'm going to be boring. I'm taking Ohio State. Are you going to go for a little value? No, this is
3: where I decided to go for some value. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Michigan State at plus 2,800 because they're in the top 25, and I understand that they're in the same, But and it's it goes back to the discussion with North Carolina State. They're in the same division as Ohio State. So all they have to do is beat Ohio State, maybe beat Michigan too, or or something like that, or, or somehow get themselves into a tie where they can advance to the Big Ten title Big Ten title game, and then they're going to get like Iowa or Wisconsin or somebody way easier. So I'm taking Michigan State here with some serious value at plus twenty eight hundred. I am kind of tempted to take
2: like Wisconsin or Iowa, which whichever one, or maybe even go Minnesota or Purdue because one of those teams is probably going to win that division, and then they're one game away from winning. Yeah, the, I just can't get off Ohio State. I I think Ohio State is going to be really really good this year. You, you bring, the, I mean, just between the quarterback, running back, and receiver positions, you probably have like four first round picks over there. That doesn't even include all the rest of the talent you have. So I'm going with them. Um, next one is the Pac-12 for the Power Fives.
3: I Utah and USC to, are co favorites. I decided to go with Oregon because I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't feel good about. Betting on Utah. Just mm-hmm. didn't feel good about it. And I'm not totally sold on USC. I mean, I think they're gonna be a nine, eight, nine, ten win team, but are they gonna just go straight to championship caliber? I don't know. So I picked Oregon here for that reason because I th- I looked at the top two teams, Utah and USC, and I I didn't feel good about either one. So I decided to roll with Oregon at plus two eighty, which I feel like is still pretty good. So I'm I'm this is another one of those picks that I'm I'm pretty confident in. And I think it's, I think they have a good shot of at least being in the title game.
2: Yeah, and remember in the Pac-12, it's just the top two. They they got rid of
3: their, they got rid of their, uh, their divisions. I love Oregon State this year.
2: I just can't see them winning the Pac-12 at twenty-five to one. I am going to go USC. I'll go a little bit boring there. I don't think USC is going to be a playoff team. To be clear on that, but I do think I have them winning uh, the Pac-12 there at plus two twenty-five. SEC. Alabama's minus one forty-five, Georgia's plus one fifty-five. Everyone else is eighteen to one or higher. That's unbelievable. Are you going to go off the the
3: top two? No, I'm 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 going crazy here again. Okay, I'm going crazy here again. I'm going with Texas A&M mm. at plus eighteen hundred. That young because freshman class. Listen, they're ranked number six in the country and they're plus eighteen hundred to win their to win their conference. That's crazy, <laughs> crazy.
2: Yeah, if they were in the Pac-12, they'd be like minus two hundred. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean?
3: Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to roll the dice with Texas A&M on more value here, and plus $1,800. let us see what happens. Mm-hmm. I am
2: just going to go Alabama. I'll go boring on this one as well. <laughs> uh, this seems like the year where it's the death march to another Nick Saban title, so I'm not going to really stray does. away from that. It really does. Okay, well, you can pick any other group of five besides the AACC. There's a Conference USA, there's... The Sun Belt, you can get Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall action, a 5-1 if you're interested in that. Mountain West, a couple good teams, Fresno, Air Force, Boise. What do you like there?
3: I'm going to the Conference USA with UTSA at plus 210 to win. They had a great season last year under Draft Trailer. I think they're going to do it again. They've got a really talented quarterback and a really talented running back. And I think they're just going to steamroll the CUSA. So this is another pick that I was – this is another one of my picks that I thought was I was really confident in. UTSA at plus two ten to win the conference USA. Dude, I
2: love Toledo in the Mac this year. I think there's gonna be a lot of six, seven, eight win teams in the Mac. Not a lot of distance between them. I think Toledo is by far the best team in the Mac this year. And typically if you have a team who's the favorite of the conference, they're going as numbers we've said, like maybe minus one fifty, maybe two to one, something like that. They're a plus three twenty. I love the odds that you can get on Toledo there to win the Mac. And that's been the one thing that's escaped them. They've had some really good years in the past. They've made bowl games but they haven't been able to go to that MAC title game under their head coach, uh, I believe it's Jason Candle, and win the MAC championship. And I think this is the year that they do kind of take it from being a good team to finally winning the conference this season. So I like that one at plus 320. Let's go to an individual award, the Heisman. So you get two picks for the Heisman. You can take a favorite and a dark horse. You can do two dark horses. Do it with it, whatever you want. What do you like in the Heisman Trophy voting?
3: I I decided to go with a a favorite and a dark horse. I went with Bijan Robinson as my favorite plus 2500. I mean, again, I think he's the best running back in the country or if not very close to it. And considering Quinn Ewers is coming in as a starting quarterback for Texas, I wouldn't be surprised if early on Texas just feeds Bijan Robinson to get Quinn Ewers comfortable, right? When you've got a you have got a quarterback like that that's coming in who's got a lot of talent but he's young and you've got a running back like Bijan Robinson, that'd be my strategy. My strategy is, "Hey, listen man, don't try to do too much. We've got a great running back." We're going to run the ball early. We're going to let this guy do his thing while you're getting settled into the offense. I think that's going to allow B. John Robinson to pad his stats early on, and he's going to he's gonna get the Heisman. Now, if that doesn't happen, my dark horse pick is Cameron Ward, starting quarterback for Washington State at plus 10K. This is a, a really great guy. value pick, I think, because I, I covered this guy for two years at UIW while he was in uh, San Antonio at FCS UIW. He goes to Washington State. His head coach from UIW, Eric Morris, is offensive coordinator, he's got that. One of his star receivers also came with him to Washington State. And this is somebody that has the talent, especially against Pac-12 defenses, to throw for 4,500, 5,000 yards. Uh, so this is my dark horse pick. I think he—he, he, it's possible he just could be putting up so absurd numbers that he has to be in the conversation. Even if Washington State ends up being like 7-5, and 8-4, and four, I think this guy could potentially be in the conversation towards the end of the year if he does what I think he could do and what – he showed he could do at the FCS level. It'll just be a matter of translating it to, to the power five of Washington State. But that's why he's my dark horse value pick at plus 10K.
2: Okay. I just, uh, this would be a good year value wise to take a running back. Uh, Travion Henderson at 22 to 1, Bijan Robinson at 25 to 1. I just, I, I can't philosophically get on board with the idea of betting on a running back. Maybe this is the year no, that I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, and, and if you are right, if if you hit it, you are gonna feel great on that year. But well, I, the, I just want to play the numbers. The other game.
3: reason I don't feel good about like Bijan Robinson, even though I Texas this, might only win seven games, exactly. Like, not only has the Heisman become a quarterback award, it's also become the best guy on the best team award. Mm-hmm. So everyone but Lamar Jackson has made the playoff. Yeah, so that's why I am nervous about the Bijan Robinson pick, but I am still I am still sticking with it. But but yes, I I am nervous about that. I, to that notion, I'm going to take a couple guys that are further
2: down, because that's the other thing. The favorite, like, never wins this award. Uh, guys never repeat. So that basically would toss out the top two guys this year. So you could, I guess, go uh, to the third guy on the list. But I don't want to go with Caleb Williams. That just feel I don't know. I, I don't feel great about that. So I'm going to feel like this is more of a uh off-the-board type of year or a lower uh, kind of guy here. Maybe if you could get the backup Clemson quarterback somewhere, that would be interesting to me. He's a five-star, number one quarterback prospect, comes in. DJ Uyunglele struggled last year for Clemson. We kind of saw with Trevor Lawrence when he came in, like Kelly Bryant came back to Clemson, and he started like the first game or something, but then Trevor Lawrence, it was just clear he was better. And Trevor Lawrence took over and then took off. Could a similar situation happen at Clemson this year and Clemson makes the playoff and they're really good and maybe he plays really well and wins the Heisman? That wouldn't be impossible to me. But outside of that, I'm going to go for a couple guys that if their team has the the correct season or they're not in the same division as Ohio State or Alabama, maybe they could make the playoff. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, maybe they can get to 12-1 and one or something. He's the best quarterback and putting up big stats at OU. He's at 30-1. to one. And then Tyler Van Dyke. I think Miami could be a playoff dark horse. If they can beat Clemson in the ACC title or something, he's at 35-1, to really good quarterback. I'm going to go a little further off the board this year. Okay, how about playoff picks? Who are you going to take to make the playoff? Again, this doesn't necessarily guarantee who you think is going to be in the playoff, but with the Uh, odds and everything.
3: I'm taking Bama minus 270, Mm -hmm. Ohio State minus 265, and Georgia minus 115, which I guess is kind of boring. And then kind of my flair pick, my for fun pick, Texas A&M plus 700. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So I'm taking it, Texas A&M.
2: And to be clear, you're not saying you think three teams from the SEC will make yeah, it. I and you're just four, yeah, I don't yeah.
3: think all four of those teams are going to be the playoff teams. I'm just saying I think those are – like Texas A&M, again, that's just odds pick. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of where I'm at with those. Is just Again, I kind of went crazy with some of my conference picks, so I decided I needed to get some more better – some more picks I'm confident in. <laughs> so that's what I went for the, with the playoff. I would be tempted to take
2: OU around 4-1. to one. Um, I might even be tempted to take – like a. I didn't see a line for this, but – a BYU line on there, if there's like 20, 30 to one, something like that. Uh they have the, the schedule to do it. But yeah, I'll be boring. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then I'll go Miami as the dark horse at twelve to one just to get some fun odds in there. Who's your national championship winner?
3: I picked Ohio State because I just I didn't I didn't want to pick Bama. I didn't want to be boring.
2: We have better odds. It's three to one, so that would make you consider it. But yeah, I, I think this uh, Nick Saban death march. So I'm going Bama plus 175. We'll take a look at this when we get about halfway through the season, see how we're doing, maybe add some bets. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, I'm going to head on out of here and get to High School Sports Weekly at Burgers by Biggs. He'll take it from here, and I might join in for uh, Florida Man Mad Libs. This is RCST.
3: This is Rock Talk Sports Talk here on 1320 KLWN. I'm Nick Springer, and right now we have Florida Man Mad Libs, which is my favorite segment of the week, joined by Sam Speck in studio. And Derek Johnson is joining us remotely. He's out at uh, Burgers, Big, Burgers by Bigs for the high school sports show, which is coming out at 6 o'clock. He'll be doing that live from there. Uh, and today it's Eudora High School will be on. So, Derek, you're live there. How are you doing, Derek?
2: Doing great. Getting all set up over here. Burgers by Biggs. You should come on out. We're going to have the Eudora High School football team coming on in, uh, I guess, what, 30, 40 minutes? Something like that for a first edition of High School Sports Weekly of the year. So it should be a good time.
3: Yeah, but but your competitive spirit couldn't keep you away from Florida Man Ad-Libs, could it?
2: No, it could not. i uh, got to see if I can make up more of a ground on you.
3: Well, I am joined by Sam Speck here in studio. Sam, should we just go ahead and get things rolling here?
0: I'd say we dive right into it here, gentlemen, and it is a fitting one. Derek, glad to hear you out there from Burgers by Bigs. You did make up some grounds in terms of your overall standing. So both of you are one and one on the the year, but Nick actually holds the edge in the tiebreaker with a four points to a three points advantage right now. So that's currently where we're standing. It is Florida Man Headlines, but as I had mentioned, we have a busy weekend. Obviously, we've got LHS tonight right here on campus. LWN we got KU we got Free State tomorrow we got a whole bunch of stuff so boys actually I tried to find as many sports stories as possible so this is going to be as uh, as primarily sports stories as we can possibly get here so keep that in mind that at the end of the day they're all sports stories and also keep in mind because we're all journalists somewhat at the end of the day <laughs> I mean we stand in front of a microphone majority of the time but we're kind of in that field and sure. I think we know the importance of punctuation and overall context, so keep that in mind. Those are just kind of your two clues. Do you guys want to hear your uh, my favorite of the week, and then we'll get into the first round here? Let's hear it. All right, here is my favorite of the week. Uh, this is, uh, again, boys, I, I'm surprised with the rabbit hole that I went down here. But here's my favorite <laughs> one of the week. Again, missing some punctuation, but Lady Jack's off to hot start in conference play. That is... Uh, Ah. That's a, yeah, yeah. See, see what I'm saying? You're missing okay. one comma in there. You're missing one comma in there that's fairly <laughs> important. Again, it is a, a women's basketball team in Jacksonville. The Lady Jacks off to a hot start in conference play. Wouldn't that sound a lot better had you maybe thrown a comma in there? All right, boys, you're out, uh, you ready out there, Derek? You ready, Nick? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. First round it is, again, we only took one name away. We only took one redaction one, out of the one first Yeah, yeah, or one, one blank. blank away. So it is simply. Blank, licks beavers. That's all it is. Blank, licks beavers. and Licks? Licks. I mean, uh, quite literally, licks beavers. So, blank, licks beavers. Here are your, I just uh, narrowed it down to uh, four, Clinton, Scott Jr. High, Trump, or Morrison High School. So, again, you have those four options there to fill in the one blank here. So, Clinton licks beavers, Scott Jr. High School licks beavers. Trump licks beavers, or Morrison High School licks beavers? I'm going to go
3: with Morrison High School because I think this is like a, this is like a, I don't even know, Oregon. I'm just thinking Oregon State because they're the beavers, but it's in Oregon, and they're playing the beavers, and their mascot is, I don't even know what would lick a beaver, like a cougar or something, or <laughs> like something. I don't even know. I'm, I'm going with Morrison High School though.
0: Okay, so Morrison High School licks beavers. Answer locked in. Derek, what do you got? Can you give me the uh, options? Okay, so the four options again is Clinton licks beavers, Scott Jr. High School licks beavers, Trump licks beavers, or Morrison High School licks beavers.
2: I'll go Trump.
0: Oh, he he went uh, he went one way, and he should have voted the other, gentlemen. It was Clinton licks Beavers. Clinton High School football uh, beat Lansing Beavers forty-nine to zero. So Licks is more or less them just getting like just smoked. Yeah just, yeah, just yeah, just smack there. So hey. unfortunately, there uh, it looks like. <laughs> oh, what, what's Clinton's mascot? Do you know? I actually don't know. It's said the Lansing Beavers and then Clinton High School. So, again, right. that was uh, uh, we we're missing some context. Nonetheless, boys, again, zero on the first round here. So let's get into the second round where you can really start to do some damage. Again, we'll explain okay. if you get one of the redacted words, it's one point. If you get both, it's worth three points. So we'll start with the first one here.
3: I'm feeling good about this
0: one. All right, here we go. Again, these are all sports-related stories. First round. A blank goes deep, blank injured. Okay. <laughs> so There's a whole lot of avenues that we could really go down on this one. We'll start with the first blank. A rookie goes deep blank injured. A rod goes deep blank injured or a pitcher goes deep blank injured. A rod? Again, we're missing punctuation sometimes, so okay. that might help you okay. in i I'm a...
3: going to go with pitcher, actually. You're going to go with pitcher? I'm going to go with pitcher.
0: Okay, so he goes with the first blank, his pitcher. Derek, again, your three are a rookie goes deep blank injured, a uh, a rod goes deep. Blank injured, or a pitcher goes deep. And again, we might be missing punctuation. Is that a clue? I don't know. I've tried to give it to you guys a couple of times here. So you're saying it's supposed to be like a rod goes deep. Ooh, I see where you're starting to to st- st- think here. Is that your answer? Is that where you're going to go? Yeah. All, yeah right, well, all right. All right. So I he'll, that he'll, out he'll go about with
3: Rod. Five seconds to late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's going with Rod here. So uh, it goes deep. Blank injured. So the second blank is either. Wang was injured, hand was injured, or the finger was injured. So a blank goes deep, blank injured. The second blank was Wang, hand, or finger is injured. Nick, uh, what are you thinking, or who wants All to right. go first?
3: I'm going to go with finger, because I went with pitcher for my first blank. So I think it's a pitcher goes deep, but as he swung, he hit his fingers, hmm. and he injured his fingers, and so he could not continue to pitch in the game that he was pitching in. So he that. was a pitcher, he comes in to the plate, he, he goes deep, he hits one, a home run, but he injures his finger in doing so and then is unable to continue
0: in the game. I think you're going away from the, the Florida man headlines here. Aren't they supposed to be crazier the better? Because that's probably the most logical story well, that would come out Well, I didn't like my with. other options. I didn't <laughs> like the other options I had. Okay? All right, This all might right. be a product of... I, I picked pitcher, but now I don't like pitcher. So, yeah, and you're locked in. So, pitcher and finger. So, uh, you went rod with the first one. Derek, second one, what was injured? Wang, hand or finger?
2: Let's go. I don't know. We'll go. We'll go crazy. Give me the Wang.
0: Give me the Wang, and that's what it is. It's exactly what it was. Again, we are missing a very vital part of this. So it literally did say, on contextually and without the punctuation or the hyphenation, it said a rod goes deep. Wang injured. However, what it went meant to say is a rod went deep, and the main or the starting pitcher, Sean Ming Wang, <laughs> injured was uh, taken out of the game. Derek got three points? He did. Derek came away with three points. That, I believe, is only one of our second uh, full sweeps. I think you had the first one, Nick. I did it. Derek (laughs) Derek, Derek coming away with three points. I'm retiring. And just like that, we are on to the second one. Gentlemen, have fun with this one. Please, again, remember, uh, if you have a dirty mind, then maybe uh, figure out on your own. But these are all sports stories. So Blank Tally makes best of her two blank holes. So, we're going to start with the first blank here. Okay. Okay. Hang on. The newbie, Tally, makes best of her two blank holes. Head coach, Tally, makes best of her two blank holes. Or freshman, Tally, makes best of her two blank holes. So, we'll start. Whoever has uh, an idea on the first blank there again. The newbie, head coach, or freshman. What are you guys' thoughts?
3: I'm going to go with head coach.
0: Head coach, okay.
3: I was torn between head coach and freshman, but I'm going to go head coach.
0: Okay, so, head coach Tally. And, Derek, what are you thinking of those three? The newbie, head coach, or freshman Tally makes best of her two blank holes. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say over and over. Uh, let's go freshman. Freshman it is. Okay. So, again, blank Tally makes the best of her two blank holes. The best of her two blank holes is either two rough holes, two soggy holes, or two smooth holes. Gentlemen, hang on. So, again... The blank tally makes best of her two blank holes. I'm having a hard time getting through this one, but your again, your second blank is either rough, soggy, or smooth. Uh, anyone <laughs> <I'm> gonna, wanna <laughs> anyone wanna go first? I'm, I'm
3: gonna this is, so I think it's I think it's a golf thing. You're I think correct. It's a golf headline. Yeah, it's a golf headline. So I'm already regretting picking head coach because I don't think that's correct. But I think it's a golf headline and I'm gonna go with soggy because I think Whoever it was, maybe it was maybe it was the head, was the head coach Tally. I'm gonna go with soggy because she hit two balls in the water, on two conse- or whatever two consecutive holes. That's what I'm going with.
0: All right, so, so we I'm got soggy. soggy on one. Locked in on soggy, Derek uh, of rough, soggy or smooth. What did Tally make the best of her two blank holes with of those uh, adjectives? Yeah.
2: I I don't think it's smooth. I think <laughs> rough is the good play on words there for golf. So that kind of makes me think that one, especially with what you were saying with like the play on words and stuff. But also, I almost wonder if that's too obvious with golf. Um, So let's go soggy.
0: Going with soggy. All right. And look at this, gentlemen. Two in a row. Derek, you got the whole entire thing. I like this. Freshman tally makes best of her two soggy holes. However, in terms of context, <laughs> Nick, you nailed it. Freshman women's golfer still won the tournament after two difficult water-bound holes. There we go. And I knew as soon as we
3: got further into the headline and I had picked head coach, I realized I was wrong. But we can't change it, obviously. Yeah, so yeah I you're just, locked in. You did I, come away with a point, I, exactly. though. Exactly. In my mind, I was like, you know what? I can't get rattled by my first half mistake. I still got to get a point out yep. of this, and I'm glad I did. So Derek, I'm on with the another,
0: Derek with another three-point there, Nick with one, so he did come away uh, at least chipping away. Uh, here's the final one, boys. This is uh, it's it kind of more to make you think a little bit, because, again, it could go down many other avenues. But here's the final one. A Mother's Day gift that's sure to blank her blank. So we got a lot of avenues that we can go down (laughs) on this one. I I, I know. Oh, boy. Believe me, the second I put in sports headlines, the the rabbit hole I went down was actually a lot more creative than just putting Florida Man headlines in. It was pretty amazing. But nonetheless, a Mother's Day gift that is sure to blank her blank. We'll start with the first blank. Is sure to make, destroy, or tickle her blank. A
3: a Mother's Day gift is sure to make, make, destroy, destroy or or tickle her blank. Okay. I think make is too obvious. Mm-hmm. Destroy doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I'm going to go with tickle.
0: Tickle. Okay.
3: I'm going to go with tickle.
0: Derek, what are your thoughts?
2: I've heard the saying, tickle your fancy. So I'm going to go
0: with tickle. All right. Tickle your fancy. Okay. And, uh, this is and- bad,
3: though, because then if, if that's the right answer, I can't make up any points.
0: If it isn't, well, if tickle your fancy, well, it could, I mean, we'll see when we get to the second okay. one. So okay. you guys both guessed on tickle. So I'll just use that for the first blank. A Mother's Day gift that's sure to tickle. Her blank, tickle her pink, tickle her laugh, or tickle her smile. (laughs) Oh
3: boy, I don't like any of these options.
0: It's uh, you guys chose this avenue. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't choose the first word. You guys decided on tickle. We got pink, pink, laugh, and smile. A Mother's Day gift that's sure to tickle her pink, laugh, or smile.
3: I guess. I guess. I think, based (laughs) off the tickle selection, I think laugh is probably my best bet here. For it to make sense. I don't know if that's the right answer, though. So I don't know if I want to pick laugh. I think I'm going to go with smile instead. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm hedging my bet here. I'm pretty confident I'm wrong on the tickle pick. So I'm going to hedge my bet and pick smile. So thinking to it's try make to, her smile try or get yeah, a point destroy back. her smile yeah, or something. To try to get yeah, yeah. a point back on the back
0: end. I see. Okay, Derek, what are you thinking on the second choice? Pink, laugh, or smile? Pink. Oh, wow. That was oh, definitive. Okay. He okay. Is, he's going at it. Gentlemen, here it is. Uh, it's actually for the MLB uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Mother's Day Bats, a Mother's Day gift that's sure to make uh, sure to tickle her pink. No way. Quite, uh, quite literally. No quite way. literally is Derek what it is. Derek just got Let's that go. right. He did. He got uh, no the entire second way. round nine points straight. He uh, did not get uh, a point I'm in the first round.
3: I think Derek's cheating. He's not <laughs> He's not in the studio. I, he must be googling this
0: stuff. I think he's cheating. Oh, uh, but again, it's...
2: Eight. Burgers by bigs, it makes you smarter. I'm here and I get everything right. What well what do you say?
0: what do you got on the menu? You got any fried foods yet? You got any burgers waiting for me or anything like that over there?
2: Um, I mean I feel like at that point if I said that that'd make it more likely that I was cheating and that I bribed yeah, you for him, yeah, yeah, which exactly. did not happen. We so him,
0: so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep the conflict of interest away. Anyway, Derek, heck of a job. What a sweep today. Uh, Nick, you did come away uh, with a couple of points. I think he had two points, but nine total points. Derek moves his way into <laughs> first place. Week three of Florida Man Headlines. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Next week won't be as sports oriented, but I figured obviously we have so much stuff. We got LHS tonight. We got KU tomorrow, Free State tomorrow. Boys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.
3: Thank you very much, Sam. And, Derek, thank you very much. We'll hear from you, Derek, I guess, coming up here in about uh, 25 minutes or so for the high school sports show, but I'll let you get ready for that. So thank you very much, Derek.
2: Absolutely, guys. Good work. Thank you for the win.
3: Yeah, he is thanking Sam for the win because they colluded. Collusion. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. That was a terrible performance by my team. We're going to have to go back to the drawing board. You
0: did have a full sweep last week yeah. or whatever. You, you yeah. I mean you win some, you lose er, yeah. No, first week, week number 1 yeah. cuz last week you guys were both horrible. Yeah. Uh, you, he... you win
3: some, you lose some, but yeah, just uh, overall a poor performance by my team. So that that's really disappointing, but we'll be back next week and we'll have he back in the studio so I can monitor him. Yeah. Make sure that he's not <laughs> cheating. But for now, that was Florida Man Mad Limbs. We'll take a short break on Rock Talk Sports Talk. As I said, the high school sports show coming up at 6 o'clock, but one more segment of Rock Talk Sports Talk is coming up on the other side on
1: 1320 at KLWN. Depend on it.